0: On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks are back in action tonight, taking on the Colorado Avalanche. I'll go over a preview of the matchup as well as both teams' projected lineups, and I'll also get into the latest updates we have on Blackhawks legend Patrick Kane. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team. Every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen. Here to start off your day, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman2, or you could go check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also, as always, just a quick reminder, please go and show some support. If you haven't done so already, go and smash that like button down below. Comment as to which player you're keeping an eye on the most tonight for the Blackhawks against the Toronto Maple Leafs and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Turn on those push notifications also, so that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. And today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is sponsored by GameTime. Just download the Game Time app right now and use the code Lockdown NHL in all caps for $20 off to sporting events, concerts, or theater events near you. All right, good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And tonight, as I already mentioned, the Chicago Blackhawks are back in action, taking on the Colorado Avalanche to wrap up their five-game road trip to kick off the 2023-2024 regular season. It's going to be a late puck drop for the folks uh, here in the Chicagoland area. 9.30 p.m. Central Time puck drop and the game will be broadcasted nationally on ESPN. So it's going to be a late one if you want to stay up and watch the Blackhawks take on the undefeated 2022 Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, off to a really hot start this year. They've already beat... Uh, The Seattle Kraken twice, I believe, and the San Jose Sharks as well. Off to a 3-0-0 start. They've also only given up four goals in their opening three games, so going to be some tough sledding for the Blackhawks before they head back to Chicago. And it doesn't get any easier for their home openers. They'll be taking on the defending Stanley Cup champion, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, on Saturday when they hit the United Center for the first time this year. But it's going to be another big test for the Blackhawks tonight, undoubtedly, even though the storyline, the Colorado Avalanche are going to be without Captain Gabriel Landis Cog through for the entirety of this season. It's still an absolutely star-studded roster. Blackhawks have not had a lot of success going into Colorado in recent years, kind of scarred by the season openers that they've had at Ball Arena where the Avalanche, kind of just whipped them into shape early. Uh, But this Blackhawks team obviously has shown a lot of fight here in the early going and going up against some of the best teams projected in the NHL this season. And, you know, the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs defeating the Pittsburgh Penguins on opening night. They've shown a lot of heart. They've shown a lot of character and they've shown us a lot of reasons why we can believe the Blackhawks can hang in there tonight against a really good Colorado Avalanche bunch out in Denver. But undoubtedly, the Blackhawks, they got to be ready. They got to be locked and loaded right from the opening faceoff, just like we saw against Toronto. If they can kind of help transition that over into this game, I know that occurred on Monday night. It's a Thursday night game. But if they can build off of that momentum of going into Scotiabank Arena and holding a really good Maple Leafs offense to just one goal, getting the job done in the second period and holding it down in the third. Uh, if they're able to build off of that early in this one, I think that's going to give them um, the, the extra help that they need if they do want to hang around against this avalanche bunch. But as far as the Blackhawks lineup that I think we could see tonight uh, obviously, Philip Kharashev is still out at this point in time. We'll see if he'll be ready to go for the Blackhawks' home opener on Saturday against Vegas. But he's not, you know, still on injured reserve, not with the team uh, during this five-game road trip. But we've seen the Blackhawks kind of bounce around their lineup in the past couple of games. On Monday against the Toronto Maple Leafs, interestingly enough, Cole Gutman was the one who found himself being uh, a healthy scratch, while Andreas Athanasiu centered the fourth line in between. Boris Kachuk and Mackenzie Entwistle. I think that's really the only spot in the Blackhawks lineup that could be tinkered with in this one tonight. So I figure we're going to see Taylor Hall, Connor Bedard, and Ryan Donato as the Blackhawks' top line, as we've seen throughout the first four games One, Taylor Hall has been healthy, of course. Um, but for those of you who haven't seen uh, some of the, the, the stats or there was a piece put out by, I believe it was Mark Lazarus of The Athletic yesterday where he showed uh, or talked about how counter Bedard leads the NHL in high danger scoring chances. He has 20, maybe it's just scoring chances. I forget which one it is, but all the underlying statistics, and I mentioned this on the show yesterday as well, where Bedard's inside the top five in the NHL and lowest goal scored above expected, meaning he's getting a lot of chances He's just not getting the finished product. Lucas Reichel, funny enough, is first in that category for the Blackhawks, signifying that good things should be coming for those two. And I'm not kidding, Blackhawks fans. I really do think the floodgates are going to open soon for Connor Bedard. He's just getting that many looks. He's frustrated with himself, is confused how he only has one goal. But with the way that he's playing, the chances that he's getting, and even most impressively, doing it against some of the best players in the NHL. His line is usually getting the better of the opponents. It feels like it's just a matter of time before Connor Bedard has a real big breakout game. I'm really thinking of betting him anytime goal score tonight because it, it just feels like he, he's been as aggressive as we want him to see. He knows, you know, he wants to get the finished product. And, and I think it's only a matter of time for Bedard. I, I feel like if the Blackhawks are, are going to have a big night offensively or are going to hang in, with the Colorado Avalanche night, Connor Bedard's gonna going to have a big one for this team on the top line. The second line is kind of where things get interesting. I do expect it to remain the same, though, until ultimately the Blackhawks head back home. I do think we'll see Tyler Johnson, Lucas Reichel, and Taylor Radish. And I know there's been a little bit of frustration among Blackhawks fans about Lucas Reichel's a lack of productivity down the middle while playing the center position to open up this season as well. I still think Luke Richardson wants to give him all the opportunities in the world and not just, you know, a four or five game stint and then move him off to the wing. There is no denying though. I've thought, you know, while he has had his flashes and does, you know, lead the NHL and lowest goals above expected, meaning he's getting quality looks, I do wonder when, when that matter of time is going to be um, unless Lucas Reichel starts showing clear-cut signs of progress uh, at the center ice position. But I do believe ultimately he's going to remain on the second line for this evening with Taylor Radish and with Tyler Johnson. But that second line is not solidified whatsoever whenever Philip Kershev does return to the lineup. As far as the third line, no surprise here. Felino Dickinson, Perry, that, that line has been really good for the Blackhawks in the early going And then the fourth line is really where I think the crucial decision from Luke Richardson has to be made here. I mentioned he went with Kachuk, Athanasiu, and Entwistle in the game on Monday against the Maple Leafs. I just don't think you want to be scratching Cole Gutman regularly at the NHL level when he could be down in Rockford playing meaningful minutes there. And look, scratching him for two games in a row, it's not the end of the world. I don't want to be dramatic here, but I just still think there's upside with him there and uh, I know Andreas Athanasiu playing center may help this team right now with the struggles they have at the dot, but you're not learning anything long-term by putting Andreas Athanasiu down the middle. So to me, I think you got to get Cole Cole Gutman back in there tonight. I think he should be centering the fourth line. No way you can take Athanasiu out, though, after the game that he had against the Leafs. Two primary assists, made the most of his 11 minutes, 45 seconds of time on ice. I think you put him at the right wing on the fourth line with Cole Gutman. And then it comes down to a battle of Boris Kachuk and Mackenzie Entwistle. And with Macker scoring in his first game of action on Monday, I don't know how you'd take him out of the lineup either. And I know Boris Kachuk had a pretty good game as well. But personally, I thought Entwistle was better than Kachuk throughout the preseason and throughout training camp. Both were good, don't get me wrong. I thought Entwistle was the better one. And that's why I was a little surprised when Kachuk had earned a lineup spot in those first three games over Entwistle. I think you got to keep Entwistle over Kachuk in the lineup if that is, in fact, the decision that Luke Richardson has upon his hands tonight. And that would leave uh, Boris Kachuk and Reese Johnson as my two extras out of the forward group. On defense, no changes, uh, I-, I think, to the top six here. I think you got to roll back Alex Vlasic and Seth Jones. Obviously, Vlasic was a stud on Monday and has been making the most of this opportunity along with Seth. Kevin Korchinski, Connor Murphy, keep those two together. Love what I'm seeing from Korczynski here in this stint of approval that he's trying to, you know, solidify his spot on the full-time NHL roster. And then I think based on how things went defensively for the Blackhawks in Toronto, I think you got to leave Wyatt Kaiser and Nikita Zaitsev together on the third pairing. And if you're a regular listener and viewer of the show, you know I am not an advocate for Nikita Zaitsev. I would much rather have Jared Tenorti in the lineup, but it's almost kind of like the same presence behind see CU playing center. Yeah, it may be helping the team, but the goal this year is to be developing the young kids. And Wyatt Kaiser's had some struggles on his offside, and he may have to play his offside if he wants to fit into this Blackhawks lineup long-term regardless But early on when he's, you know, still kind of getting his feet wet at the NHL level, I think it would help him to play his strong natural side on the left side. And Jared Tenorti, I don't know if he's capable of playing the right, but Kaiser and Zaitsev weren't dreadful on Monday against Toronto. And if you got to play Nikita Zaitsev to get why Kaiser comfortable on his natural side, I'm there for it. So I do ultimately think the Blackhawks roll back the same defensive pairings that we saw on Monday here tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. And then in goal, Peter Mrazek figures to make his third start of the season. He's been absolutely spectacular so far, as has Arvid Soderbloom. But, of course, Blackhawks are going with a little bit of a split here. Peter Mrazek should be the one earning the start after a Soderbloom had a spectacular showing on Monday. Both guys have been good. I I don't think there's any question that Morazic is going to get this start though. All right, folks, there is the Blackhawks projected lineup for tonight's matchup with the Colorado Avalanche coming up in just a moment. I will get into the Avalanche's projected lineup as well as three keys to victory for Chicago out in Denver. But first I need to talk to you all about game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I personally have used game time for probably close to 10 years now. When I was a senior in high school, a freshman in college, I went to the University of Missouri. I'd use game time to just go to random St. Louis Cardinals games because I love going to sporting events. And game time was always the cheapest and the easiest way for me to purchase all of my tickets. Again, whether I'm going to see the Blackhawks, the Cubs, the bears, or I'm in another city trying to watch a sporting event as well. And they also have views from all the seats in the venue. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And I highly recommend that you download the game time app right now, create an account and use the promo code Lockdown NHL, and you'll get $20 off with your first purchase. Again, you can get $20 to come and see Connor Bedard play at the United center. All you have to do is download the game time app and use the code. Locked on NHL last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed game time. I also need to talk to you all about AG one, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. And I gave AG one a try and I now drink it literally every single day because I was so sick of taking so many supplements and I wanted a single solution that supports my entire body and covers all of my nutritional bases every single day. And all you got to do, Drink AG1 bright and early in the morning, whether that's before I'm working out or before I'm coming to record a podcast, before I'm getting to work, regardless of what it may be. All I have to do is mix one small scoop with water and drink it first thing in the morning. And I also like it because it costs me less than $3 per day, which is such a cheap and easy way to invest in both my health and my body. And if a comprehensive solution is what you are searching for, then go and try AG1 and you'll get a free one-year supply of immune support vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you need to do is go and visit drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash NHL network to check it out right now. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Of course, as always, please be sure to go and smash that like button, comment down below, and Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. And please be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well if you're wanting some other cool Blackhawks-related clips, a lot of good photos and videos and such of Connor Bedard, as well as clips right here live from the show. Be sure, again, to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. All right, segment two, I did also want to be sure to project, uh, talk about the Avalanches projected lineup for this matchup with the Blackhawks tonight, excuse me, based on, what we've seen them roll with through their opening three games of the regular season. I went back and looked at some of their line combinations. Things have been pretty steady for the most part for Colorado. The one thing of interest is who's going to be playing with Nathan McKinnon and Miku Rantanen on that top line because free agent acquisition, Jonathan Druen, who of course played junior hockey in Halifax with Nathan McKinnon, they brought him in and in the early going, he was the one on that top line playing the left wing, with Nathan McKinnon and Miku Rantanen in their last game, uh, they actually swapped Jonathan Drouin and Val Nechushkin. So the abs loaded up on their top line with Nachushkin, Mac- uh, M- M- McKinnon, Rantanen, a whole lot of ends there. And then Lekkanen, Johansson, and Drew- Is this really happening? They also have Colton, Olivson. Is this for real? This for- I-, I didn't even realize this until live on the show. Nachushkin, McKinnon. Rantanen, Lekanen, Johansson, Druen, Colton, Olafson. This is nuts. I didn't even realize this. Okay, regardless, I'm not going to go on that big of a side note. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the interesting thing to keep an eye out for. What the Abs are going to do with their lineup tonight? Is it going to be Val Michuškin on that top line, or are they going to go back with Jonathan Druen? But what they had last game, Nachushkin, McKinnon-Rantanen as the top line, Arturi Lehtinen, Ryan Johansson brought in this offseason from the Nashville Predators, centering the second line, and Jonathan Drouin playing on the right wing there. They've also had Miles Wood, Ross Colton, and Tomas Tatar as their third line in the early going, and then Andrew cogliano Olafson, And is that Logan O'Connor or Drew O'Connor? I always get the O'Connors mixed up. There's Kyle O'Connor, there's Drew, Drew O'Connor, there's Logan O'Connor. Too many Connors: Connor Bedard, Connor McDavid, Connor McMichael. Crazy times out here, but uh, I should probably know that. Don't need, don't need to think about it too much. Regardless, that's what the Abs have been going with as their fourth line here in the early going, and then defensively, a really sound top four of uh, Devon Taves and Kale McCarr along with Bowen Byram and Samuel Girard, and then the third pairing: Blackhawks legend Jack Johnson, who I, I actually can't believe is still a lineup regular for someone in the nhl let alone one of the top teams in the nhl jack johnson is still playing regular games i got to imagine he's at like 12 13 14 minutes a night because last year he was struggling i couldn't even imagine after another year is he 40 now man credit to jack johnson for hanging around but i don't know if that's the best decision by the avalanche to have him regular skate regularly skating in their lineup and then josh manson uh Has been playing with him on the right side of the third defensive pairing here early for Colorado. As far as three keys to victory for the Blackhawks, um, I think priority number one has to be containing the big dogs, right? If you want to go into Colorado, you want to not only hang around with the Avalanche, but you want to build off of that momentum of the road victory against Toronto, go into uh go into ball arena and come away with another two points. I think priority number one has to be shutting down the big dogs. Miku Rantanen leads the way for them in the early going. He has five points in the first three games. Kale McCarr has four points as well. And Nathan McKinnon has three points in his three first uh in his first three games of the season. And I think if you let those guys kind of go nuts, if you let them have multi-point games, I think you're probably going to lose if you're the Chicago Blackhawks. The more high scoring that this game is, I think the less that it favors the Blackhawks. So if you can hold down those studs, and look, I'm not saying shut them out completely, it's going to be a very tough task to do. That's one of the best lines and also one of the best defensemen in the entire NHL. But if you don't allow McKinnon, Rantanen, and McCarr to have double-digit nights I think you're giving yourself a chance late in the game against a good Colorado Avalanche team. So that's my number one key to victory for the Blackhawks tonight. Number two, I know it's cliche and I've been saying it so far, but it really is very crucial on the road for the Blackhawks' power play to get hot and build off of what they did on Monday against Toronto. And it wasn't the first unit that cashed in. If you remember, it was Andreas Athanasiu setting up Tyler Johnson the second unit was the one that broke the 0-18 drought, I believe it was, to kickstart the season here on the Man Advantage. That top power play unit with Connor Bedard, Taylor Hall, Seth Jones, it's got to get something in this game against the Colorado Avalanche. If you want to maintain or else, I think you're just even putting more pressure on your goalie and your offense. So let's go and get power play goals for two consecutive games and start having this thing head in the right direction. That's my number two Key to victory for the Blackhawks. And number three is kind of a little bit of a tweener. I'll give you a three and a four here, but there is the potential, I think, that we could see the backup in that for the Colorado Avalanche in this one because Alexander Georgiev has started all three games for them to open up the season. So if the Blackhawks do face Ivan Prozvetov, who's only got 13 games of NHL action under his belt, I think the third key to victory is get pucks on that early and often. This would be his first start of the season. Obviously, uh, probably hasn't played since the preseason. It's been a week or two for him now since he's gotten in game action. Get the puck on that early and often. And if the Colorado Avalanche do, in fact, go with uh, Georgiev and that, I think that then my key to victory would be for Peter Morazic to win the goaltending battle against Georgiev. Because if Georgiev is able to shut down the Blackhawks offense, like I said, um, I think the higher scoring that this game goes, the more it favors the Colorado Avalanche. If Peter Mrazek can hold Colorado to three goals or fewer against. I think that gives the Blackhawks their best chance at coming away with two points here tonight in Denver. All right, folks, coming up in just a moment, don't go anywhere because I still have to get into the latest news on Blackhawks legend Patrick Kane and where he may end up landing as a free agent. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Hockey season is underway and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now FanDuel is giving you opportunities to win bonus bets a hundred times your payout whenever you go and take a Stanley Cup champion and you can use these bonus bets to bet on everything from the money line to the spread to player props and even over-unders all on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use and Connor Bedard shots on goal. It feels like it's kind of been the move for the Blackhawks, if you want to bet on them, at least here in the early going. And I talked about it in the first segment of the show. I really do feel like Connor Bedard is going to get one tonight or sometime real soon. Here because just based on all the opportunities that he's been looking, I'm certainly going to be betting on Connor Bedard here this evening. I love FanDuel. Again, it's a safe, secure, and super easy to use app. And I love how they pay me out instantly when I win. There's no better place to bet on the NHL than FanDuel. So sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash lockdown to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. Again, that's fanduel.com slash lockdown. All right, segment three. I also had to be sure to get into a Patrick Kane update that we got recently none from none other than Frank Saravalli of the Daily Faceoff. Uh, and he said, obviously, this is not breaking news here. There is no shortage of interest in Patrick Kane as he's starting to ramp up and get ready to make his decision. And, of course, we've been seeing videos and clips and content related on social media, and boy, oh, boy. Does Patrick Kane look good? The way that he's cutting out there, the stick handling, it truthfully does look like he's healthier than he's been in quite some time. And I've mentioned this on the show a lot. This wasn't just an issue that Patrick Kane dealt with last year. This has kind of been before it was obviously out to the public. This was a little bit of a a rumor that was going around for – two maybe three years that Patrick Kane wasn't fully healthy and had something going on with his hip and then I think we just kind of saw the full effects of that last season where even in his time with the Blackhawks kind of looked like a shell of himself and then obviously gets uh, dealt to the New York Rangers and doesn't really live up to their expectations which was quite unfortunate because you know in a city like that you don't live up to the expectations you're going to hear about it and it's pretty unfortunate that Patrick Kane it wasn't a result of you know, a lack of effort or or anything. It was just that he wasn't fully healthy when they acquired him. But now – things are looking much better for the kid. And that's why there are a whole, there's a whole lot of intrigue. I will forever call Patrick Kane the kid, by the way, don't, don't, I don't want to hear anyone critiquing me on that saying he's 33, 34 years old. He'll forever be the kid. Uh, but he is looking healthier than he's been in quite a while. And that's why there's a lot of teams supposedly having interest on Patrick Kane. There's going to be no shortage of interest and in teams reaching out to see if they could be able to work something out with the former three-time Stanley cup champion. Uh, But Frank Saravalli did give us a little bit of a tidbit or I guess an update as to three teams he's personally keeping an eye out for. But he did go on to say that these are not the only three teams in the mix and there's undoubtedly going to be a slew more of them. Um, But the three teams that Saravalli mentioned that he's kind of thinking makes the most sense for Kaner at this point in time. First and foremost, he mentioned the Buffalo Sabres, of course, Patrick Kane's hometown team. I do think it would also make sense given uh, the how bright their future looks. It feels like they're kind of ready to take that next step this season and actually have some postseason aspirations for the first time in a while. Uh, they are off to a one and two start this year. And I do think While Patrick Kane is expected to make his decision sometime in early November, which is just a couple of weeks away, teams are still going to be playing, you know, five, six more, seven more games. And maybe he even winds up waiting until mid-November because he wants to get a better idea of whether or not the team he's joining is going to be a playoff bunch. I think he would like to see the Buffalo Sabres get off to a, a decent start before he makes a commitment there. I also do wonder how much Patrick Kane really cares about going back to his hometown team. And I remember a couple of years ago, a source uh, told me that Patrick Kane has just kind of always had this weird disdain for the city of Buffalo and not like just a weird relationship with the city, because when he was younger, he got in a lot of trouble there. There was a lot of controversy and, Maybe he just feels some type of way about Buffalo. I don't know whether or not that's true, but that's just what I have personally been told is that Patrick Kane just kind of has a weird relationship with his hometown of Buffalo. So I do wonder if that impacts his influence uh, at all here, but a lot of people are putting the links together saying his hometown team would make a lot of sense. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but Buffalo is figuring to be a team in the mix here The other teams that Sarah Valley mentioned, the next one was the New York Rangers, which obviously it didn't work out for them last year, but the rumor has it uh, Rangers were actually pretty happy with how Patrick Kane came in and established himself as a leader right away. And they liked what they saw, knowing that he wasn't fully healthy at the time when they acquired him. So I also think that city has just always been kind of the perfect spot for Patrick Kane. And I do wonder if he feels like he has a little bit of unfinished business there and wants to go back and show this fan base that he can help them win when he is right. And when he is fully healthy. So I wonder if that plays an impact and the Rangers to me have just always felt like the next destination for Patrick Kane uh, after leaving the Chicago Blackhawks. That was my team heading into last year that I figured Kane was going to get traded to and ended up happening. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up back in New York with the Rangers, the third and final team that Frank Cervalli mentioned the Detroit Red Wings, which really makes me want to throw up, but they're off to a promising start this year as well. They have a lot of young talent and looking like they're wanting to take that next step finally after like the eight year rebuild that they've been on under Stevie Eiserman's lead. Um, and then there's the DeBrinket and Patrick Kane reunion, which caught uh, caught some steam a little bit, I think a month ago or so. Um, that there was rumors that those two were you know, wanting to get back together. And while I do think that's the case, I outlined kind of some of the problems that I think uh, the Red Wings may have with bringing on a player like Patrick Kane, but if he's fully healthy and you can get him on a cheap deal, God, it would break my heart to see him with Alex to on the Red Wings. How gross would that be? But out of those three teams, I do still think the New York Rangers are the most likely of the bunch. I just think that's the destination that makes the most sense for Patrick Kane. Um, so that's my guess Is he's going back to the Rangers. Two other teams I think could be interesting for Kaner. And don't forget, he could sign a very heavily per, uh, performance-based contract. So teams don't have to take on a lot of risk, and they also don't have to uh, give out a ton of cap space up front. So if they're in a financial you know, tough spot, they can still give out a contract to Patrick Kane that can pay him based on his performance throughout the course of the season. So I know a team like the New York Rangers doesn't have a lot of money. Uh, I think the LA Kings are an interesting team. They're right up against the salary cap as well. Um, I think the Kings are a team to potentially keep an eye out for. I think that's a city that Patrick Kane would like going to and a team that's got some buzz around it right now. I also think the New Jersey Devils would make a lot of sense, and they have the financial wiggle room to make Patrick Kane work one way or another. So my three teams, I guess I'll go four. My four teams that I think are the most likely for Patrick Kane, no, I'm just going with three, the New York Rangers, the New Jersey Devils, and the Los Angeles Kings. I think those are my three teams that I'll be looking out for. My guess ultimately, though, is that he will end up back with the New York Rangers and his good buddy, Artemi Panera. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure, please, to go and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube, and go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast and you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too, or you could also go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. let's keep the momentum rolling. How about we go and upset the 3-0-0 Avalanche in Denver here this evening? Everyone, enjoy your night, and I'll see you on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.